Good morning, everybody. It is a, well, it was a nice sunny day. Now it's just cloudy Thursday morning. This is Sportscast Prime. I'm John. I'm Nick. Fortunately, our other two associates, Mike and Dan, have a little something called work. (laughs) Work. (laughs) So they can't be here. But we got a good slate for you. Got some college football. We have some NFL. Interesting NFL things. Some players getting benched. Some teams that are zero and three that shouldn't be zero and three, or like we didn't expect to be zero and three. Some teams are tougher than we thought. Yes, but we'll get into the Sun Devils Advocate. I wish there's my wish. Uh, there's a camera around because I have my uh, Sun Devil apparel on right now. He does. I confirm. <laughs> well, it'll be a po- it'll be posted with the podcast. So there you have it. It will be uh, on the sports page uh, that we have on Facebook. That's what's fine. Like on, um, Facebook. Well, it's, um, Arizona State, they're, if they had another quarter, they would have definitely uh, came back. But unfortunately, they lost in convincing fashion to number five Stanford. They went to Palo Alto and got killed 28-42. So... It was a game I thought they could have won. Well, it kind of came out with an upset because Stanford didn't look like a convincing top-five opponent their last two weeks. And then uh, Stanford is like, wait a minute, we're a top-five team. What the hell are we doing? And just came out and beat ASU, which is which is a telling thing, though, too, because quarterback for ASU, Taylor Kelly, that was his 16th career start. He's 10-6, and six, and when he throws at least an interception – the team's one and six, and when he doesn't throw a pick, he's nine and zero. Oh. So, it's safe to say he threw a pick in that game. But, anyways, this coming week they are playing the USC Trojans. It's at Sun Devil Stadium. So, I think they're gonna go off to three and one. I think they'll be uh, beat USC because USC started off in the top twenty-five. I don't think they're a very good team. So, I think. ASU with Taylor Kelly, they could beat it. They lucked out getting it at Sun Devil Stadium. Well, if if, if it was at the Coliseum anyway, I think they would have won either or. The game is at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN2. So, and I predict, like I said, a Sun Devil win. Score. Okay, so, getting in, speak about that, we'll get into college football. It's an intro. Oh, you don't, you're not going to give a score? Oh, score? Nah. Okay. I, I just think they'll win. Okay. So... This week, the top 25 action, we actually have some intriguing matchups this week in college football. There are four matchups that two, uh, two teams in the top 25 are facing each other. We have such matchups as uh, Ole Miss, they're ranked 21st. They're going into number one, Alabama. You have uh, number 23, Wisconsin, going into number four, Ohio State. You have... Uh, 14 uh, ranked Oklahoma going into South Bend to face the 22 ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish, and of course the matchup of the of the night or the matchup of the week probably has to be of two top 10 teams. Obviously, both in the SEC, when number six LSU goes into Athens, Georgia to face the number nine ranked uh, University of Georgia Bulldogs. All right, got some good, got a good list here. Yes, we got a good list. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I am intrigued by the LSU Georgia game. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be intrigued to watch that one. I'm intrigued by the Alabama Mississippi game. To be honest with you, 
I think Mississippi's an under-the-radar team, and they could potentially upset um, Alabama. Because mm-hmm. these last... Uh, Alabama's 3-0, and but to me, they've been a weak number one team as of late because every one of their wins have been in like less than spectacular fashion. You have to think about their opening win against uh, Virginia Tech. Their offense was not clicking whatsoever. They basically won on defense and special teams. Mm-hmm. And then you had... They had a bye week, obviously. Then they had the game against Texas A&M, in which... Um, t- um, they the scored. Their, their defense let A and M back into that game, so that was unconvincing. And then last week against Colorado State, it looks like they won thirty-one to six, but they got two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to bring it to that score. Colorado State was in that game in the fourth quarter. It was seventeen to six, and Colorado State was in that game the whole time up until the fourth quarter when Alabama got those two touchdowns. If you looked at the stats of that Colorado State game, Alabama barely outgained them in offensive yardage. They had 338 total yards, while Colorado State had 279. Mm-hmm. In which Alabama only had 66 rushing yards in that game. And Colorado State owned the time of possession with 31 minutes to 28 minutes. It's it, but like it, it's it's a game that the score is not as is deceiving as what the total offensive what stats the, actually is. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're going up against uh, Ole Miss, which is ranked in the top 25, and they could pretend. Hugh Freeze has, in short matter of time, kind of built a decent program in uh, Ole Miss. Like they got a team, they got a top recruiting class in there, and I think Hugh Freeze has done some. It's done a job. So, well, that kind of tells me that they're not convincing wins, but they're a team that can shut to, they can finish a game. That's pretty much the only thing that I can gather from, it's only three games, obviously, but. Yeah. Um, but this is, but this hasn't been like. It's not convincing. It just hasn't been, yeah, to, I don't know, like it hasn't been dominant like yeah. most teams, like most experts thought Alabama would be dominant. They yeah. haven't been dominant at all. Like yeah. they, they, each three games, I feel haven't been. They've been up and down. Like either the offense no showed, which as you saw in the first game, and you saw in the third game until like the fourth quarter, or like the defense hasn't been. A Nick Saban, like Nick Saban, prides himself on being a hard defensive-minded team. That defense no showed against the uh, Texas A&M. Say what you want. Maybe it was Manziel. Maybe it wasn't. But. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 could have, it could have been a combination of both. Who knows? Yes. I mean, I mean, you pride yourself on defense, and you have a few games that the defense doesn't look that strong as everybody projects it to be, and it could be the combination of uh, all those things, I believe. And it shocks me, too, because especially for an offense that has a senior quarterback in A.J. McCarron, they've been inconsistent the whole year. Like, they've been kind of inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Like, two out of their three games, they've been really inconsistent. Like I said, surprising, because you have somebody which has the caliber of a senior as A.J. McCarron. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, I liked him in that game, though, because uh, against Texas A&M, I didn't see the Colorado State game, but... Uh, because, like, they were down 14-0 at one point, And, you know, like, I think I believe I talked about earlier about his poise and things of that nature. It's like, that's the kind of, like, thing that you need to translate into an NFL quarterback. But, um... A backup quarterback, but either way, it's... But, no. We'll see. Oh, Ole Miss, they're 3-0 and for the first time since 1989. 
which is pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, Ole Miss, though, hasn't beaten Alabama since 2003, and that was at home. Ten years? Yes. And which is even more, yes, it's been ten years, and which is even more alarming is Ole Miss has never beaten a team that's ranked number one. Okay. They haven't beaten Alabama in Alabama since the 80s. Uh, the, the Tide have won 11 straight meetings at home at Tuscaloosa against Ole Miss. So who do you have winning this game? I have Alabama going on and winning. Okay. I have them winning, but just I, I think it's just barely. Because I think Ole Miss is a better team. Like I think they're uh, under the radar team. I think they'll give... Uh, Bama run for their money. If this was in Oxford, if this was in Ole Miss, I might be. I would might say Ole Miss has the upset chance here. When but say, when you say there's a be- they're a better team, what do you mean as a better? They're better than they were, or they're better than they're better than they were. Yeah. Okay. Okay. They, okay. Hugh Freeze, like I said, has built a good program, and it's going to be awesome going forward. Especially to compete in the SEC, but yeah, I, I give it to Alabama. It's going to be a close game, I feel, but I think Alabama. It's at home; they'll they'll win. I'll say, I'll say Alabama. I'll say the score will be. Hmm, I'm not going to give it a high scoring. I think a twenty-one. Twenty-one sixteen. Oh, I was about to say twenty-eight twenty-one. But 28, okay. yeah, the matchup though that I'm looking forward to is I'm pretty sure everybody is. It's obviously ESPN's hyping it up as the matchup of the week, which is number six LSU at number nine Georgia. Mm-hmm. This is a team of both SEC teams that are have high hopes. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. LSU is in the SEC West with Alabama, and Al- I think they might be one of the only teams that could beat Alabama or give Alabama a run for their money. And Georgia is in the SEC East, and they were the sexy pick by many to represent the East in the SEC championship game. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, LSU. LSU's improved, like well, especially with their quarterback with um with Zach Mettenberger. He was actually in Georgia. He was actually a Georgia pro- top prospect, but he transferred out when Aaron Murray, who is the the four year starter for Georgia right now, beat him out for the starting job. And Mettenberger's looked inconsistent last year, but he's come on as a senior under Cam Cameron's offense. Yep. He's looked comfortable in it, and he's looked really he's looked really good in it. So. Well, we'll see. This is going to be kind of a homecoming from him because, like I said, this is at Georgia where his career kind of began, his college career kind of began. And I want to see if he can sneak in and get a win in Georgia where, like I said, his career started. And Georgia, they have, like, meanings for it, too. They're already 2-1. and one. They lost they lost to Clemson, but they're 1-0 and oh in the SEC. They have to see if they can come out and, you know, beat uh, an LSU team. And to see if they actually work. Because, like, many people pick them as a dark horse to possibly beat Georgia, uh, beat uh, Alabama, too, in the SEC championship game if they were to face each other. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the stats here for the quarterbacks. You have Men, Men's... What's it? Mettenberger. Mettenberger. I, don't know, I was going to definitely botch that. Um, through for 1,000... 
1,026 yards, 10 touchdowns. And Murray, who's thrown 1,040 yards and has seven touchdowns on his record. I think LSU is a better team. I will. I think LSU not a better team, but I say LSU would beat Georgia. It's to me like they're at Alabama November ninth. Uh-huh. That's the game that everybody's looking forward to, and so yes, I want to see what they do against Georgia, though, especially with Mettenberger. I I think they'll win. I think that they'll beat it because I don't think Georgia was as strong as they were last year. Obviously, they have some patchwork on the defense, on the defense, and like they're relying on Aaron Murray. Aaron Murray's a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but I think LSU's going to go into Athens and beat them. Okay. I think they're a more complete team than Georgia. Oh, you think LSU is a more complete? Mm-hmm. Okay. Especially like I said with the maturation of uh, Mettenberger. I mean, he looks comfortable in this Cam Cameron offense, and he's improved from from a year ago. If they were to lose to Georgia, would it change your opinion on their chances against Alabama? No. Okay. Not at all. Okay. Because I think, like, LSU is one of the few teams that can beat them. Okay. Georgia, like, Georgia looked like it. I, I'm not I'm not as convinced about Georgia as I was when the year started because I think they have lost a lot on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. But uh, w- with with the way, like, Alabama's, like, offense has been inconsistent this year, I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me, though. All right. That's a good point. Good point. Um... I'll probably have the score at LSU, 28, Georgia, no, LSU 31, there there we go, that's what I was thinking, sorry, LSU 31, Georgia 24. I can't give a score, I, I, I don't know, I don't know, it's, I, it could be a low score or it could be a high scoring game, but it's, I'll give you LSU. I just this is a game that they have to win. They need to go into Athens. They need to win this game. I feel like they're an, uh, they're another under the radar team, which is weird because they're a top ten team, and I feel like they've been flown totally under the radar. This is a game that they a need to win. Top ten team is under the radar. Yeah, is what you're saying. Okay, okay. and they, they need to. It's weird. It's like they're they're like a top ten team. No one's talked about, and I feel like this is a win that will have people talking. Like this is a win they should, and they will. You can't think of a score, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's next game we have on the dock here? Well, there, there's a couple of games that out of like you could go in between. Well, if I you want to talk about it. Into, we could talk about number 23, Wisconsin, is going into the horseshoe to face number four, Ohio State, which it's going to be interesting. It's it's an interesting matchup for me just for the fact from Ohio, Ohio State, like who's going to be their starting quarterback? Because Kenny, Kenny. Gittin, I, I, if I botched the last name, I'm sorry. He filled in well for Braxton Miller. Braxton Miller was hurt the last two weeks. Braxton Miller was the starter for Ohio State, and Kenny Gittin, if like I said, if I botched the name, I'm sorry. He came in and played well. He threw ten touchdown passes in the two games he started. So it, it's weird. Like you have a quarterback controversy because, like, like Braxton Miller's played well. He's a perfect fit for this Urban Meyer offense, and Kenny Gittin came in the senior and played. 
awesome as well as anybody could have hoped for. So Urban Meyer has a quarterback controversy on his hands. He first came in for the depth chart this week and said that he was going to use a two-quarterback system, but yesterday he came out and said, chances are Miller, Braxton Miller, is going to be playing this game against Wisconsin. So what is this, a 49ers issue? Yeah, well, <laughs> it's weird because he said like he was going to use two quarterbacks, and then he came out and said, no, Miller's playing, so I don't know. Like, yeah. I- I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. And the-, the thing about my take is on this game is I'll believe it when I see it on game time, who's the starting quarterback. Like, I'll believe if they are going to use a two-quarterback two system or if they're just going to go with Gittin or if they're just going to go with Miller. I'll just mm. see. Yeah, it's always the mentality when it comes down to it. I want to – I don't know. It's Do I feel Miller lost his job? Um, Kenny getting played well, but they're against two teams that they should have beaten anyway. I still feel that, like – so his 10 touchdowns aren't as nearly as impressive because, like I said, they're against two teams that Ohio State should have beaten anyway. I think Miller should get the job back. Or I think he should start. That's just me. Well, I guess there would have to – I guess they would have to fight for the job in practice, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, because, like, if another quarterback's doing well. But, it is again, it's against teams that sh- they should be beating in the first place. It's not – you can't really put too much stake into it. So, I can see where there is a conflict. But, like, I mean, I think I think he, he, he'll have to fight to, like – I don't know. Should it be his job to lose or should it just be – like, should he have to like fight back for the? Have, should he have to like fight for the position? I guess I'm saying. Mm. I don't know. I, I understand where you're coming from. Where it's like Kenny's played well, that he you can make the case that he should be the starter. But like I said, the the competition wasn't so great, and maybe he does need practice. But Braxton, he's established himself as a starter. I feel he should play i i always hate when a when a quarterback loses his job to injury see what happened with colin kaepernick and alex smith last year i feel like if you're bad you should be benched and you should be which we'll probably talk about in the nfl like later a little later a little later but like i just feel like in it sucks when you lose your job to injury i don't know i just feel like nobody should have to lose it yeah yeah especially if they're playing so well prior to the injury yeah that's just me but this matchup, though, the last two matchups, like Ohio State and Wisconsin have played some good ma- matchups. Like last year, um, the Buckeyes needed overtime to beat to beat Wisconsin 21-14. to And then a year later, they um, won against the Badgers 33-29. Tw- uh, they, they've been some close games as of, really, as of lately. Okay. Another game that I'm somewhat interested in, too, that I'm going to be watching is the Oklahoma versus Notre Dame game. I think uh, that should be an exciting game for people to watch. And uh, do you have any other games that, other than those that we just named? That, um, oh, Oklahoma, Notre Dame? Mm. <sighs> that's like the other... Um, yeah, that's the, uh, t- that's the number 14... Oklahoma, and number 22, uh, Notre Dame. Well, on NBC. One game that I'm quick, it's it's a nondescript game, but number 25, Fresno State, is going into Hawaii to face um, the Hawaii Warriors. Why I say that? 
um, they could be a dark horse BCS bowl game candidate, the Fresno State Bulldogs. And it's interesting because they have a good quarterback who's a draft prospect. And you know who that quarterback is? Who? Derek Carr. Younger brother younger of brother NFL's, NFL's David Carr. David Carr, yes. So he's following his brother's footsteps, and hopefully he'll be a better pro than his brother is, but we'll see. But, yeah, that's a matchup that I'm looking forward to, and obviously I'm looking forward to USC at Arizona State, 1030 on ESPN2. Shameless promotion. Yes. That, that was uh, of Arizona State. That was nothing but shame. <laughs> Shameful plug in. Shameful plug in of Arizona State. It's not like they're my team or anything. I've just been, you know. They're the Sportscast Prime team. Yes. All right. Um, I think we're going to go into a break. Um, we'll come in back with uh, the NFL and get into that talk. So, catch you guys later. Hey guys, this is Ted from the Left for Ted Podcast, wondering if you are tired of listening to stupid podcasts about movies and TV that are just from insiders in the biz, well, then listen to our podcast, the Left for Ted Podcast. You know, where you talk about movies, video games, you name it. We have discussions on freaking everything, dude. Yeah, freaking everything. From, you know, gay superheroes to... What's coming out on DVD and in the box office. So come on down and listen to us. The Left for Ted Podcast. Facebook.com slash The Left for Ted Podcast. And welcome back to Sportscast Prime, everybody. Now we're getting into some NFL news. Let's start off down at the um, sunshine state of Tampa Bay where the Buccaneers made a decision. They benched uh, quarterback Josh Friedman. After an 0-3 start for rookie third-round pick Mike Glennon the, um, out of North Carolina State. This doesn't come as a shock to anybody because Josh Freeman, the last three games, has been atrocious. He hasn't even completed half of his passes. He has a completion percentage under 50%. He has the lowest passer rating, and just the offense has looked stagnant under him. So, And this comes from a team that had a lot of expectations going into the season. They've got uh, uh, Darrell Rivas through with New York Jets, signed him to a big contract. They got Deshaun Golson, signed him to a big free con- uh, contract. They tried to shore up that secondary. They have the offensive weapons around them, too, such with Mike Williams, Vincent Jackson, Doug Martin. They have a decent enough offline. So, like, with improvements in the defensive lines, good. With the improvements on the defense and with the offensive weapons, this should be better than 0-3. Many people pick them as a sleeper in the playoffs or even to compete in the NFC South. But as you can tell so far, they're 0-3. Their questions revolving around the quarterback. The head coach Giano's looking like he's kind of loose in control of this team. This team's kind of undisciplined. So it's just uh, controversy all around in Tampa. I just think that... Yeah, the it's actually the head coach too. That's um, what I said. The, like it's yeah, controversy head, going around. The, the head coach is um, he's too he's trying to be too disciplined <laughs> when in his style of coaching because I heard he's like a, he's going a military way about it and like you it was like okay you can get away with like doing things like that at the college level because there's like young men and they're like you know coming into their own and stuff like that. But like in the NFL, you're dealing with grown men and like that's like that kind of style of coaching isn't going to work 
for like those kind of players. But Freeman has been like, I mean, it's been like, what was it like? His last, it's like been like eight out of nine since like uh, the last um, games like that that they've been playing since last year as well. And uh, it just, they just seem the whole team like seen uh, the defense been pretty good, but like it just seems like they haven't been prepared like very well at all. It's like the like if you've watched the first game, that was like what is going on mm-hmm. here? with the penalties? Like I said, they, I was like. I, I didn't understand. I was like, "How are you this inept?" They look dis- they look and play undisciplined, and like you say, might go to Shiano. The fact is, like, he is taking a little bit of a disciplinarian way to it, and it works for some people. But look at Tom Coughlin. Tom Coughlin started off as a disciplinarian hard ass, so to say, yeah. too, and like he mellowed out a lot, and he turned out to be a really good, a really good coach. Yeah. Um, yeah. T- take this year away, like Tom Coughlin turned out to be a really good coach, yeah. but which. Yeah. With Shiano, though, too, it never seems to me like he never backed Freeman. He would like Freeman was never really his guy to begin with. No. Well, he didn't draft Freeman to begin with. Freeman was a holdover from the Raheem Morris era in Tampa, and it just seems like Freeman was never really his guy. Like, look, this year he took away the captaincy, uh, his captaincy um, for. Um, of the team uh there's another thing where like they didn't give uh the team in the front office had no conversations with freeman for a contract extension because this is the last year of his contract Mm -hmm. so and he was looking for an extension they didn't want to give him an extension i guess they wanted to have him proven on the field if you're our franchise quarterback proven on the field and so far he hadn't at all so this is his days in tampa are numbered Mm -hmm. and according to fox sports he was requesting a trade Freeman wants out of Tampa's requesting a trade. He makes a little over eight million, so I don't think he's going to get a trade anytime soon. Can he backtrack from that statement? No, he says he wants a trade. And a team source said, too, team source came out for that. It said, quote, unquote, the league's about finding a franchise quarterback. With Josh's roller coaster career, I don't feel he's that guy. That's what a team source came out to be. But, hey, Josh put himself in this situation, though, too, because there was a team photo. He he was late for that. There was a team meeting. He overslept and was late for that team meeting. So he put himself, like, he kind of put himself in this situation. Granted, some of it was Shiano kind of, like, jerking him around, so to say, and, like, you know, not being totally dedicated to being his guy. But Freeman also has some, some you know, responsibility, responsibility too, for being in these team meetings and for his atrocious play on the field, too. Oh, absolutely. So um, so I would say that um, we have to – I don't know where it's going to be like. He's have to – wherever he may – He might be a back guy, I think. He might be a backup somewhere. I don't think he's going to be a starting quarterback on any kind of franchise. I don't think anybody's going to look at him that kind of way. And I also think that um, he also – I also believe that he also dug this hole for himself and the way he um, agreed to himself towards the team being led to all those things that you mentioned. And that's – if you're supposed to be the quarterback, quarterback's supposed to be a leader of a team and you're not showing that kind of leadership or anything like that, then it's kind of leaving uh, ill taste to your teammates. So I would say that, that this definitely had to happen. And, um, this- of course, it's definitely not a shock. This has probably been like something that was that has been in question probably for a while, and so 
I think um, what was this? What was the quarterback? Mike Glennon from Mike Mike, Mike Glennon, uh, that was drafted. What was the second? Third round, Third round out of North Third. North Carolina State. North Carolina State. So we gotta wait and see what this kid can do. They um, they said he's he's six six. Um, yeah. They said um, his attributes are he has a strong arm. So no Lawson. Nope, and he has he has a strong arm. He has poise in the pocket, but they said like scouts question his leadership abilities. That that's what they, that's what he uh, kind of dipped into like the mid rounds because they said he's a quiet leader. He's not a the, the bull by the horns. He's not a vocal leader. That's his problem. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, yeah, but some like a McNabb. Or even like an Eli Manning, I'm sitting there. I'm like, Eli Manning was never that vocal of a yeah, leader, and no. it turned out well for him. So like, like I I hate it when they're like, he's not much of a leader because I'm like, hmm. you can't like. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's, some people aren't. Not everybody's like. Not not every vocal. Not everybody's like. A uh, Peyton Manning, or everybody's like, um, who's another like brash quarter? Not everybody's like a Brett Favre, still yeah. like that. Not everybody's like that type of guy. Like I said, look at Eli. Maybe Drew Brees and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So he's a rookie. He's the third rookie to start this year behind Buffalo's EJ Manuel and Joe Smith. So who knows? This might galvanize. I mean, like, this team. Fresh start. Yes, a fresh start. Who knows? Like I said, this might galvanize the team. They go against the Cardinals this week, so we'll see how they do. Yeah, that's a good defense. I would like to see. It's it's good to start out against uh, like a tough defense because like it sort of kind of sets the tone for you uh, for the rest of your career, like how it's going to be, and um, it's going to be a good test for him. And I, I would like to see what he can do. And I hope like I would like to see the poise that he has and see how he translates into the offense. It's going to be very interesting to see uh, how this plays out for the Bucks. Speaking of quarterback controversies, Christian Ponder's status is up for the air, too. He got a rib injury, so he had a little practice this week, which could open the door for Matt Castle. Matt Castle, their backup, could start the game this Sunday in London against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, and if they win, like if Matt Castle's under center. Well, even if he does a decent job, they might be a quarterback controversy. Because like, Christian Ponder hasn't played well at all. Yeah, I know. I, I'm kind of very disappointed, like with the Christian Ponder. Like when I watched some of the games that, like, you, you watched him last year and and the year before that, um, it just seemed like he had a whole bunch of potential because he had looks. He had the speed and all the stuff. He had the uh, elusiveness and and things of that nature. I just thought like he would translate better. I think he'd figure it out. Like you know, uh, like around this ten. I thought he just went deeper, and it just, he's just not getting it. Seriously, he, that's the same that's been haunting his college career. Like, some of his cons in college career, like, he to stare down his receivers and all that, and that's what's been showing the same, showing that same thing. And I was, like, staring down his receivers, always, like, you know, trying to force passes when he's not supposed to force passes. It's just, he's been disappointed. I've been a Christian Pond since his Florida State days, and like I said, it makes me sad to see that, like, he seems like he's not getting it, or, like, he's not maturing at the rate he's supposed to. And, like, if he doesn't play this week and Matt Castle does have a decent game or has a good game, it, it could be a quarterback controversy. Mm. I mean, if they win and, like, if they win and, like, he, like, is capable of playing, like, the week after, I think they'll play him or something like that. But, like, he continues to struggle. Like, again, I probably won't be surprised. They just throw um, Matt in there. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised about that if they there to lose more games with him uh, at center. Mm-hmm. So you want to talk about next uh, last week's games, Nick? You said there's one game that you're interested in, and oh, that was the Colts Niners, correct? Yes, the Colts and Niner game really threw me off. I I don't know what's going on 
in San Francisco. Um, Colin Kaepernick is not. I don't know what's going on. He doesn't seem to be himself. It's like it. It's because like it, it started off with like him being a pocket passer that just played an amazing game against uh, against the Packers. But anyway, um, it just like he's great and like didn't do the option or anything. They didn't really need to that game. And then like you saw, everybody saw what happened. They got shellacked by the. Seahawks, and then you know it was the Seahawks. You were in Seattle. Everybody knows how it is in Seattle. It's loud. It's play. So that was you know, eh, I don't say understandable why it happened, but like because it's the Forty ers But it's tough. It's tough to play there. Then here come they go home, and then they play the Colts, and the Colts look more tougher i guess i would say or than the 49ers do and it was like and i was like what 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 is going on here i i didn't i didn't get what was going on and it was like uh what what would you what would be your thoughts on the matter do you think maybe we overhyped kaepernick way too much mid do you think maybe he's overhyped after that hot start last year the fact that he had that one good game against uh, Green Bay, and then he's had two subpar performances since then. Is it maybe the fact that like we overvalued him too much? Maybe we thought he was a little bit better than he was. Mm, I, it the, the performance in the playoffs kind of uh, solidified him a bit. Um, I don't, I don't think he's overrated or anything like that. I just something's wrong. I don't know what it is. It's hard to explain. Because, like, when you watch, like, the play, like, some of the plays that he made, like, last year, and, like, it throughout each week, it's like, it seemed like he had more and more confidence. And then now it's just, like, especially when, like, it, then it seemed like it continued, like, that first week. And then all of a sudden, like, you, you play, again, you played Seattle, and it's like, oh, it looks like he's a scared puppy or something like that. And, and now in this game against the Colts, uh, he couldn't make plays. And I'm, it, it's only two games. Hopefully, I, I'm I'm hoping that this is just an aberration. Because like, to have like games like that, like uh, to have success like that, to be able to make the Super Bowl and then come back in the game opener and then play well, and then all of a sudden you're slumping. It's uh, I, I, I'm I'm hoping that. Cause like I I am rooting for him. I am somewhat of a fan of his. Cause uh, you know the whole thing that he went through and it's a, it was a tough situation. You we already know the quarterback uh, controversy and uh, for for the Forty Nineers with Alex Smith. But uh, I don't know. We'll have to see how he does uh, next week. To me, they look like the same team, even with Kaepernick. That like they they were the same offense that they were when Al Smith was the starter. It just seems like mm-hmm. when Al Smith was the starter, like their problem was they had to play. They could never stay behind because they're an offense that struggled. They liked to run the ball, or they 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 did certain things where they couldn't play down. If they're down seven zero zero, they they're not a come from behind team they, they could like that that that's been oh when harbaugh was there under Alex smith and the last two it seems like the same thing with kaepernick like they can't blow when they're they don't have the their offense seems to strand when, when they don't have the lead it's startling to me like the correct changes but the offense remains the same kind of like that and, and from from the point of coming back and yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah even yeah, with kaepernick especially yeah. with him which it seems like he could do more things with his arms legs it just seems like when they're down like 10 points or they're down like when they're down they don't have the lead it seems like they struggle mm-hmm. they can't come back from a they can't they can't 
come back from being down. I true. I, I, it's just that they didn't even. He, he only, they only had seven right uh, that game. They only had one touchdown. So like, I find it hard. That's why I think I have to give like it had to been it had to been like a combination of like you have to give the Colts credit for what they did because they only allowed them to score one touchdown. Well, <laughs> like, and Andrew Luck didn't even have that good of a game. He only threw for a hundred nine, a fifty nine yards and no TDs. Yeah, rushing. He he got a, he had a good amount of rushing, I think, as well. No, Andrew Luck only had uh, twenty four yards on the ground. He scored, he rushed for a touchdown. Yeah, just rushed for a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, okay. But he had like a D. He yeah. he didn't have he, he didn't, didn't have set, like an outstanding. Yeah, he didn't yeah. set the world fire by any means. Yeah, yeah, no, not by any means. But it, that, yeah, that's why I'm giving uh, the credit to the defense more so. Because I mean, you held the you held Colin Kaepernick and uh, the 49ers to one touchdown, and uh, what they scored it was twenty. One or twenty-seven. I think. They scored 27, 27, 27 to seven. So they got uh, three rushing touchdowns: one from Ahmad Barachaw, sure. one from Richardson, and one from Luck. Yeah, bro. Yeah, they have a good running core now, definitely. So I think uh, they're just going to improve uh, once uh, Richardson gets the playbook and once they get different schemes for the running game, because uh, obviously they're implementing it. And uh, it's just, I think it's just going to make them that much more better than I thought they probably would be. Um, My view on Kaepernick, it's I. I don't think he's as bad as he was these last two games, but I don't think he's as great as everybody thinks he's going to be, too. I think he's going to be somewhere nestled in between the middle, in the middle where, like, I think he might have got exposed a little bit. But who, who knows? Like I said, it's early in the season to see, but... Yeah, that's they, what I'm saying. They, they, they have a tough early. schedule, though, so it's it's hard for them to be one and it, two. Yeah, it doesn't get that much better for them. So I, I don't want to say, like... I hope this is just a blip. Basically, I I I don't know how he's gonna. Ho- he has to play better. He has to. The, the whole team has to do better. And I just think that I I, I don't know. I'm not gonna just like knock him off already. Like I'm, I have to wait for things will go further into the season. I think he'll still be a good quarterback in the league and things of that nature. Maybe like an upper echelon type quarterback, but like I don't, you know, I'm not going to go say elite or anything like that. Well, we'll see how he does because they're playing at St. Louis tonight on the NFL Network. So and St. Louis usually has their number. Uh, they, yeah, St. Louis usually always in the game or beating them. So it would for this would be a big game for them. They they have to win this game. Um, they should they would be able to tell a lot if they are able to beat this team. No. Yeah, we'll show, we shall see. So, anyways, we'll get, we're going to get into the segment where me and Nick are going to discuss the three games on this week's slate that we're looking forward to and going to explain it to you. For a discla- disclaimer, we're doing three games because it's only two of us when we get more when we get our other hosts mike or dan like if mike comes on and dan's not here or vice versa we'll do two games each as opposed to if all four of us are here we're only going to do one game so that's the disclaimer and so nick do you want to go on with the games that you're most looking forward to So I have the first game that I'm interested in is the New York Giants versus the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm interested in this game because if Kansas City is to beat the Giant New York Giants, they will sweep the the the, the conference. I think. No, they, they they haven't faced the Redskins yet. They haven't faced the Redskins. Nope. Oh, I thought they beat the. No, hold on. 
they face the Cowboys they, and the Eagles. Eagles. Okay, so okay. But that it'll be another notch on their list um, within our conference, and and it'll be Andy Reid's like, yep, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like, yeah, it, that that's like it's Andy Reid going against his old conference and or division, I should say. My, I'm sorry about that. His own his old division, and it's like I think like that's the way that his the way that it ended him for him Philly, just like this is just like a reamp of that. It's like yeah, I'm still a, you know he's still a good uh, coach and. I just like I'm I'm kind of I like I'm kind of liking the Chiefs right now. They're doing pretty well, and um, I want to see what they what these guys can do. I mean, they're the only team that's like up there right now with uh, with the uh, with the Denver Broncos. So I would like to see how what that would be. My sleeper team to win at least nine games. <laughs> I wish a certain somebody was here so I could tell them. But we will wait and see yeah. that moment. So, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, it's. It, it, I think I, I'm very intrigued by this team this year because of their defense is outstanding. I think in the league, and I think it can bring them. And the running game is actually pretty good as well too. So, all the good things going on for the uh, for the Chiefs, they deserve it. They got a great fan base, and uh, can't see what they do. Well, the Giants are especially awful. Like they can't protect the. They can't run the ball. Just they're the New York Giants. Oh my goodness. Um. I, it's early in the season. If the if there's a team that can like possibly just like, really, I don't know, like I don't know what hopes they have for their team. Like if you can't protect the quarterback, like there's not, that's not uh you. I don't know if you can have you can have a successful season playing that way. I mean, there you know Tom Conflin's always about protecting the quarterback, and like for the fact that they're not doing that, which is one of his main peeves, it's kind of alarming to me, and so. I think they have to – I don't want to say – they're going to have to, yeah, definitely go out and find some players that are capable of protecting the quarterback because that's uh, when they do it, when they're at their best. Okay. Well, game I'm looking forward to yeah. – well, game I want to talk about, it's – well, to go on to you with the Giants, it is disheartening to see that they're only – maybe the fact that maybe they're not as – not, not as – we thought they were like they have a lot of skill position players that are getting a lot older like their offensive line is a lot older their running game they're heavily relying on david wilson he so far has been a bust to say the least and it's just like so much is relying on eli i mean when you have no running game it's just like what do you expect to do and the thing is he knows it yeah. he knows that he has no running game and, and his offensive line is shoddy at best too so yeah. you know so like it's tough because he he has to make he has to pretty much force himself to do like things that he usually would do in like uh other situations that's like okay i got this instead of now it's like okay i have to do this so it's kind of tough for him and I, i'm sad for eli yeah it eh, we'll see we'll see how it goes well they're they're desperate for a win they can't go down zero and four and as as much as like as much as i like to see them win the game i i still think kansas city's gonna win so we'll see i don't care the game the game i'm interested in it's an odd game everyone's gonna think pittsburgh minnesota why would i be interested in two teams that are zero and three and two of the worst teams in the nfl do tell the fact that it's london and the fact that Roger Goodell wants for some reason to get a franchise in London, a thing in London, like, what a way to, you know, show the people of London, this is how good the NFL is, two awful 0-3 teams. 
I mean, I, to, it's a bad idea, period. Whether they had good teams there or not, you, you can't have a team all the way over in London and then expect to have a season with like teams having to go over there and then having to come over to the United States. And it's... It's going to be tough. I don't even think anybody would want to do that yeah. in the first place because, first of all, free agency would probably be hectic for them because when you go, if you're going to decide, that means you have to move out of the country with your family and you have to go, you have to, I guess, basically look up how things are in, you know, in London or anything like the taxes and what you're going to be paid, this, that, and that. There's all, like, different concerns that you wouldn't have if you were, like, well, you know, within the States. So it's more of a problem than anything. I don't, I don't think uh, it's going to be possible for this to work. It, and it's funny because on paper, both teams, it should have been an intriguing matchup because the Vikings did win 10 games last year and go into the playoffs. They sure did. And um, the Steelers were right in the playoff hunt too until a couple of weeks when they finished 8-8 eight and eight, uh, last year. So technically, this should have been a good matchup on paper, but it didn't work out that way. As you could see, maybe the Vikings were just that fluke team last year that happened to win like 10 games on the course of... I'm just going to say Adrian Peterson. Uh, that's, what, that's what I was saying. Like, that's what I was saying on Adrian Peterson. All on his back. On his back. Like I said, we discussed the quarterback situation that they have with Christian Ponder uh, not getting it. And the Steelers, they have mess too. Their offensive line is in shambles. Shot. And shot. Their running game is shot. Is shot. Like Big Ben's, like, I don't, you know, he can only do so much. It's just... Chicago Bears. When is the last time have you ever seen a Pittsburgh defense give up forty points? They pride themselves on having a stingy defense and having a defense that it's a leader right in the upper echelon of the NFL. Like it's, I'm not used to seeing a Steelers defense being this mediocre. And I was gonna say that their defense was at least a little decent, but like after that game, I'm like, man, <laughs> I was like, that was like the only thing you could have relied on, and not to say the offense didn't give them much to work with either, and. It, I just feel sorry for that for that team. Well, I mean, they they're gonna have to rebuild at some point. I don't know. I don't know who like they're gonna let go, but like I think they're gonna let go of offensive coordinator. If, oh, Todd Haley. Yeah, Todd Haley, and I think they're gonna have to revamp their uh, their roster. Well, it's it's weird because this is the first time the Steelers have been zero and three since two thousand. So thirteen years. Uh, this is um. To, um Mike Tomlin's Mike Tomlin's uh was his first mm-hmm. time not being uh under 500. Yes. And Steelers are going to try to avoid being 0 and 4 for the first time since 1968. Yep, since yeah. they were um you know just a little fledgling franchise. But mm-hmm. we'll, we'll we'll see. Like Adrian Peterson hasn't exactly had the um the year that he thought he was yeah. going to have. I think he would recant that statement, obviously, of reaching, uh, what was it, a uh, twin? Well, it's funny. Since he ran for that 78-yard touchdown in week one against Detroit, Detroit yeah. he's just averaged 2.9, 2.9 yards per carry. It's like, no quarterback. <laughs> There's, I swear. Well, he didn't I, have a quarter. I, I, he didn't have a quarterback to begin with to start off his career, and he kept ranking up those numbers too. That's true. I think uh, they might have been underestimating him. Like the, I think they were thinking the injury was like he's not going to be able like I, to a point that, that you can make that argument because like he was like everybody knew it was coming to play them, 
for even when he was like getting these huge numbers while he was and he still was able to do it but like i think there was enough video for them to like see what he was doing and yeah now people are actually game planning because chris Andre is disappointing and he's not able to do anything so now you can really legitimately focus on whatever your game plan was for agent peter and well and, we'll see if matt castle too so. yeah so I, I actually would be interested i hope he i kind of want to see what he can do uh because you know obviously uh was the chiefs that he yeah. was on before it was a bust so Maybe a different offense, different place. Maybe he'll do better. I don't know. So yeah, it doesn't just doesn't look too good for the Vikings either. Both teams trying to avoid to go zero and four. And last team to make the playoffs when they start zero and four to nineteen ninety two San Diego Chargers. That's the only team that came back down from zero four deficit to make the playoffs. And both teams trying to avoid that fate right now. So Nick, what are you? What's the second game on your list that you're looking forward to? I am looking. At the, we go. Um, I am looking forward to the Chicago and Detroit game. Mm. That's gonna be. A, I really hope that this is gonna be. A, this should be a very good game. I think. Um, I think that um, the the teams that I think Reggie Bush is coming back. Um, uh, he this, he might this, be. I yeah, think he might be coming back. I think it's a game time decision. But um, I think that you know, the matchups and all this other stuff, like you have Stafford with Megatron, you have Jay Cutler with uh, uh, Marshall, uh, Brandon, Marshall, Brandon Marshall, Matt Marshall. Forte, and he also has finally has a safety valve at tight end and Tellus Bennett. Bennett. Yeah, so like all the matchups in this game, I think it should be a tough game. I don't know if it's going to be high scoring, um, but... I think like the potential for these teams are supposed to be very good, with uh, especially with the ch- uh, coach change for the Bears, which th- seems to be working out well in their favor. And I think with the, the addition of Reggie Bush and other players that have um, joined the joined Detroit, I think that they um, this could be a very intriguing matchup. Well, they they lost uh, Nate Burleson though too to a broken arm no, too, which yeah, too because they, last they, week he had um well. He last week he had a good game and he has uh, 19 receptions for 116. Now they second uh, receiver. Yeah, and yeah, so he got, he got hurt unfortunately. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a big blow um, for Detroit. So somebody have to step up and fill that role. And that's going to be really tough to do. Chicago to be four and zero for the first time since 2006. Oh, I thought so. No. Oh, okay. Okay. So. Okay. So we'll see. We'll see how they do. Um, Chicago, this is in Detroit, so Chicago has yes, actually... Detroit. Mm-hmm. Chicago's actually had a record here. They've won four of their last five against Detroit in Ford Field, so... Yeah, I am favoring Chicago. It's, just, it's def- definitely since that injury um, for Detroit, because that was low. Um, it could vary. I, don't, I guess it might depend on if Bush is able to, you know, come out or actually get some yards back there, so... Um, it, should, that's a, it just seems like that's going to be a tough game to watch uh, for everybody to tune in for. Last week, um, they bought the Steelers. It was a team that probably should have beat this year, this quasi-Super Bowl kind of like people think that they might be. And an interesting fact with it, since the start of the 2011 season, Chicago is 13-1 and in game to score a defensive touchdown. And they did win 10 games. Yeah. Like, and they missed the playoffs. So it was like, it's not like they were horrible or anything last year. So 
it, it should be. I, I, I think like the kind of like talk about you know it's it's kind of crazy for a team to have like double digit wins and like not to make it uh, into the playoffs in the NFL. But like you know, that was just the way the way it fell last year. Um, it seems like uh, Jay Cutler might have stride. So and he's using different receivers. Still, it's still um, still intriguing though. What about your game? What do you? What's your? What's the game you have? Well, I was gonna go for Cincinnati, Cleveland, but I decided to do an audible and switch it up. Right. Seattle at Houston. This is a game that this is gonna start a tough stretch for Houston. They're Seattle is coming there, and then they're at San Francisco the following week. And you brought up something off key that's important. Like, do we know if Houston's good? Because they're 10-0 be prior to last week, but they're like. Are really unconvincing to know because they came back down from down big to beat both Chargers and the Titans in consecutive weeks, and then last week they got absolutely manhandled by the Baltimore Ravens yeah. without Russ, mind you, too. Yeah. So I don't know if they're good or not. It's just it, not the fact that it, they're lucky at the Seattle at home because Seattle's a so so, so road team. They're all right. They're yeah, because right. like that's another like that's another knock against Seattle because. Seattle is basically okay. They're the best team in the NFL when they're home, but like when they're away, they're like, "There, you you, you should be able to." <laughs> that's that's a funny thing. I I think uh, Seattle. It's being yeah, being at home definitely gives Houston a shot. But I, I guess you got to give credit cause, uh, to um to the Chargers to Tennessee because yeah. I I think they're a bit better than people because nobody really were talking about them and I think they're they're a bit underrated. I think they're a bit better than. We'll give him credit for, but still, Houston's supposed to be better than that. Houston's and supposed to be Houston's supposed to be a, a AFC Super Bowl contender coming into the season. Yeah, their defense, their defense is ranked second in the NFL, which is you know. I think Kansas City's second. No, Houston's second. Oh, did that just change? Yeah, yeah no, right. Houston's the second. Uh, Lee, um, Houston, it, it, no, they boast the second ranked defensive unit. They've only allowed 249 yards per game, but they've only four. But they only forced one turnover. Why their offense has given up the ball four times, which so we'll, we'll see. Matt Schaub hasn't played well. Matt Schaub's been playing out of his mind prior to yesterday, though. So like, because we'll see. Like with Seattle, like I said, that's been their knock is there haven't been a good road t- team. Like last year, they're eight and zero at home, but they're three and five on the road. So this might be a good road test for them. Because uh, say what you want, Houston is ill that contender in the AFC. So we'll we'll see how they do that. We'll we'll see how they, they. Both teams have a lot to prove for Houston. Like I said, they need to, they could beat a quality a- opponent on the at home because this is a tough schedule for them. And Seattle, they need to see if they can beat a quality opponent, quote unquote, on the road. And that's this is the quality team. This is that quality team that they they have to beat. Um, because like it is that is that has been always the knock on Seattle that they're a so-so team when they're on the road and like they're just amazing when they're at home. So, um, I mean, if Seattle, let's say if Seattle gets uh, number one and they they're at home all the way to the uh, to the Super Bowl, um, definitely give them a shot at, at making a Super Bowl. Because well, the Super Bowl is that neutral. Uh, well, if they were to make it, it would be neutral for them because they wouldn't be in their own stadium, obviously. But um, but like they, they would I think quite make it to the playoffs if uh, field advantage. So what's your third and final watch out for? My last game. My last game. Sorry, a little technical. So that folks. Um, I have the. 
I had uh, Tampa. Yeah, Tampa versus no. Yeah, Arizona. Arizona. Tampa, Tampa versus Arizona. There we go. So you're going to see what the rookie course, you want to see what Mike Glennon does? I, I want to see what this rookie quarterback's going to do against this defense because Arizona is considered to have a pretty good defense uh, throughout the league. And um, I want to see if um, see how he's going to perform against a good defense again because, like, that's, again, I said uh, that if, you, if you're against a good defense in the NFL, it sets the tone for you for the rest of the way throughout your career. Well, they definitely got a good defense, though, because Patrick Peterson and the Honey Badger are the real deal. So. Yes, the Honey Badger has been rolling out. I mean, he's been those guys have been amazing this year. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a real tad kid, and I hope, like, they hold up well. And if they are, pull out a win, good for them. But it's going to be tough for him, though. Um, especially with uh, the way Palmer's been connecting with Fitzgerald. Well, the funny part is Palmer's had a mediocre year. I didn't realize how, like... Palmer, his passer rating is 72.3. That's 26 in the NFL. He's in three touchdowns, four interceptions. So he hasn't necessarily been as, as like I thought he was going to be. Kind of funny. And with but Tampa Bay, their offense is like really struggled. I mean, like they have three offensive touchdowns so far. That's tied with Jacksonville for the fewest in, in the league. So we'll see. Like maybe the change is needed. Who knows? Might, this might galvanize the team. Like going from uh, from the struggling Josh Freeman to the rookie quarter uh, back in Mike Glennon. We'll see how that is. And Arizona, like they've been they've been these games prior. Like the last game was kind of deceiving though because they're in that game. We'll we'll see how it goes. This is a thing that's disappointing though so far in Tampa. Uh, the, the, the Cardinals. Oh, okay. But my team. Uh, but. Your last team? My last third thing? It's the Monday night game. ESPN might actually have a good game for once, which is the Miami Dolphins are going into the Superdome to face the New Orleans Saints. Both teams are 3-0. and uh, Miami's 3-0 for the first time since 2002, and the Saints, look after losing their coach the whole bounty gain stuff, they look like that they're finally back with this. I, this is, this is going to be an interesting test for Miami to me because they're actually going in to uh, a team that has a good home field advantage in New Orleans. Like, Ryan Tannehill has really impressed me lately, especially last week at home against who against Atlanta. He drove down the field and got the game-winning touchdown. So, like, he's so far he's been proving that he's the real deal since coming out of Texas A&M. Now I want to see if he can do it in a hostile environment on the road against a legit team in the New Orleans Saints. This team is legit uh, with their coaches back, Sean Penn. And uh, it's quite obvious, like, how valuable he is seeing their start. They're playing right now. And um, they're staying, you know, they seem like they haven't lost a beat since, like, uh, since he left. Um, these actually, you know, they're they're actually doing pretty well for themselves. So They have to shut down the passing game. That's what Miami has to do. Yeah. Because so, their running game, they're near the bottom in the running game. But... They're ranked fourth in the NFL um, with 318 yards through the air. So we'll see. This is a game that that's important for. I think Miami. This is more important for Miami than it is for New Orleans because they want to prove that they're a, if they are a legit team in the NFL, then they should win this game. Miami should win this game. Well, like if they that they're a legit team okay, in the okay, NFL. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, this is best for them because this is a high octane offense, and if their defense is uh, any good or makes uh, some play, uh, their playmakers things of that nature, and Ryan Tannehill is able to hold his own, it's a lot to ask for because you are going up against Drew Brees and Sean Payton. So 
should be a very intriguing game. Um, hopefully they can well uh, for said game. And, and uh, it's that time of the show where we wrap it up, so we're going to head over the quick hits. So, Nick, do you have any quick hits? Um, not, you go first. I'm still pondering about mine. Oh, did I give mine away? Yeah, I think I did. Um, I'm pondering. I'm wondering if uh, Christian Ponder will be uh, still be the quarterback for the Vikings. Um, I'm intrigued if uh, they make a, a switch at quarterback. Yankees lost last um, last night. I'm not a Yankee fan, but it's of note that they have been eliminated from the playoffs, mm-hmm. and that this is only the second time in 19 years that they are not in the postseason which is even more shocking. So we're going to get no postseason from New York Yankees this year. Thank you for the burn. Okay. <laughs> well, that's going to be it for us today. We'll uh, catch you. Oh, go ahead. I'm John. And I'm Nick. We'll, see, we'll catch you next time on SportsCast Prime.